0: Chapter Three of the Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alana Jordan. The Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate by Eliza P. Donner Haughton. Chapter Three. In the haunts of the pawnees letters of mrs george donner halt at fort bernard sioux indians at fort laramie we were now near the haunts of the pawnee indians reported to be vicious savages and daring thieves before us also stretched the summer range of the antelope deer elk and buffalo the effort to keep out of the way of the pawnees and the desire to catch sight of the big game urged us on at a good rate of speed, but not fast enough to keep our belligerents on good behavior. Before night they had not only renewed their former troubles, but come to blows, and insulted our captain, who had to separate them. How the company was relieved of them is thus told in Mr. Bryant's journal. June 2, 1846 The two individuals at variance about their oxen and wagon were immigrants to Oregon, and some eighteen or twenty wagons, now traveling with us, were bound to the same place. It was proposed, in order to relieve ourselves from consequences of dispute, in which we had no interest, that all Oregon immigrants should, in respectful manner and friendly spirit, be requested to separate themselves from the California, and start on in advance of us the proposition was unanimously carried and the spirit in which it was made prevented any bad feeling which otherwise might have resulted from it the oregon emigrants immediately drew their wagons from the corrals and proceeded on their way the oregon company was never so far in advance that we could not hear from it and on various occasions some of its members sent to us for medicines and other necessaries our fear of the pawnees diminished as we proceeded and met in their haunts only friendly indians returning from the hunt with ponies heavily laden with packs of jerked meats and dried buffalo tongues at least one brave in each party could make himself understood by word or sign many could pronounce the one word hog meat and would show what they had to exchange for the coveted luxury others also begged for tobacco and sugar and generally got a little a surprising number of trappers and traders returning to the united states with their stocks of peltry camped near us from time to time they were glad to exchange information and kept us posted in regard to the condition of the migrants and the number of wagons on the road in advance these rough-looking fellows courteously offered to carry the company's mail to the nearest post office mr bryant and my mother availed themselves of the kindness and sent letters to the respective journals of which they were correspondents another means of keeping touch with travelling parties in advance was the accounts that were frequently found written on the bleaching skulls of animals or on trunks of trees from which the bark had been stripped or yet again on pieces of paper stuck in the clefts of sticks driven into the ground close to the trail thus each company left greetings and words of cheer to those who were following lost cattle were also advertised by that means and many strays or convalescents were found and driven forward to their owners early june afforded rarest sport to lovers of the chase and our company was kept bountifully supplied with the choicest cuts of antelope deer and elk meat also juicy buffalo steak by the middle of the month however our surroundings were less favorable we entered a region of oppressive heat clouds of dusk enveloped the train wood became scarce and water had to be stored in casks and carried between supply points we passed many dead oxen also a number of poor cripples that had been abandoned by their unfeeling owners our people heeding these warnings gave our cattle extra care and lost but few through the kindness of the hon alan francis the u s consul of victoria british columbia for a long term of years and his earlier career editor of the springfield journal i have in my possession two letters written by my mother for this paper they give a glimpse of the party en route The interval of time which elapsed between the date of writing and that of publication indicates how much faster our trapper-letter carriers must have travelled on horseback than we had by ox-train. The following was published on the twenty-third of July. Near the Junction of the North and South Platte, June 16, 1846 My old friend, we are now on the Platte, two hundred miles from Fort Laramie. Our journey so far has been pleasant, the roads have been good, and food plentiful. The water for part of the way has been indifferent, but at no time have our cattle suffered for it. Wood is now very scarce, but buffalo chips are excellent. They kindle quickly and retain heat surprisingly. We had this morning buffalo steaks broiled upon them that had the same flavor they would have had upon hickory coals we feel no fear of indians our cattle graze quietly around our encampment unmolested two or three men will go hunting twenty miles from camp and last night two of our men lay out in the wilderness rather than ride their horses after a hard chase indeed if i do not experience something far worse than i have yet done i shall say the trouble is all in getting started our wagons have not needed much repair and i cannot yet tell in what respects they could be improved certain it is they cannot be too strong our preparations for the journey might have been in some respects bettered bread has been the principal article of food in our camp we laid in a hundred and fifty pounds of flour and seventy five pounds of meat for each individual and i fear bread will be scarce meat is abundant rice and beans are good articles on the road cornmeal too is acceptable lindsey dresses are the most suitable for children indeed if i had one it would be acceptable there is so cool a breeze at all times on the plains that the sun does not feel so hot as one would suppose we are now four hundred and fifty miles from independence our route was at first rough and through a timbered country which appeared to be fertile after striking the prairie we found a first-rate road and the only difficult we have had has been in crossing the creeks in that however there has been no danger i never could have believed we could have traveled so far with so little difficulty the prairie between the blue and the platte rivers is beautiful beyond description never have i seen so varied a country so suitable for cultivation everything was new and pleasing the indians frequently come to see us and the chiefs of a tribe breakfasted at our tent this morning all are so friendly that i cannot help feeling sympathy and friendship for them but on one sheet what can i say since we have been on the platte we have had the river on one side and the ever-varying mounds on the other and have travelled through the bottom land from one to two miles wide with little or no timber the soil is sandy and last year on account of the dry season the emigrants found grass here scarce our cattle are in good order AND WHEN THE PROPER CARE HAS BEEN TAKEN, NONE HAVE BEEN LOST. OUR MILK-COWS HAVE BEEN OF GREAT SERVICE INDEED. THEY HAVE BEEN OF MORE ADVANTAGE THAN OUR MEAT. WE HAVE PLENTY OF BUTTER AND MILK. WE ARE COMMANDED BY CAPTAIN RUSSELL, AN AMIABLE MAN. GEORGE DONNER IS HIMSELF YET. HE CROWS IN THE MORNING AND SHOUTS OUT, CHAIN UP, BOYS, CHAIN UP, WITH AS MUCH AUTHORITY AS THOUGH HE WAS SOMETHING IN PARTICULAR. JOHN DENTON IS STILL WITH US. We find him useful in the camp. Hiram Miller and Noah James are in good health and doing well. We have the best people in our company, and some, too, that are not so good. Buffaloes show themselves frequently. We have found the wild tulip, the primrose, the lupine, the eardrop, the larkspur, and creeping hollyhock, and a beautiful flower resembling the blossom of the beech tree, but in bunches as large as a small sugar loaf and of every variety of shade to red and green. I botanize and read some, but cook heaps more. There are 420 wagons, as far as we have heard, on the road between here and Oregon and California. Give our love to all inquiring friends. God bless them. Yours truly, Mrs. George Donner. The following extract is part of a letter which appeared in the Springfield Journal of July 30, 1846 south fork of the nebraska ten miles from the crossing tuesday june sixteenth eighteen forty six dear friend to-day at nooning there passed going to the states seven men from oregon who went out last year one of them was well acquainted with misters and cadden keys the latter of whom he said went to california they met the advance oregon caravan about 150 miles west of Fort Laramie and counted in all for Oregon and California excepting ours 478 wagons. There are in our company over 40 wagons making 518 in all and there are said to be yet 20 behind. Tomorrow we cross the river and by reckoning will be over 200 miles from Fort Laramie where we intend to stop and repair our wagon wheels they are nearly all loose and i am afraid we will have to stop sooner if there can be found wood suitable to heat the tires there is no wood here and our women and children are out now gathering buffalo chips to burn in order to do the cooking these chips burn well mrs george donner on the eighteenth of june captain russell who had been stricken with bilious fever resigned his office of leader my father and other subordinate officers also resigned their positions. The assembly tendered the retiring officials a vote of thanks for faithful service, and by common consent ex-governor Boggs moved at the head of the train and gave it his name. We had expected to push on to Fort Laramie without stopping elsewhere, but when we reached Fort Bernard, a small fur trading post ten miles east of Fort Laramie, we learned that the Sioux Indians were gathering on Laramie Plain, preparing for war with the crows and their allies, the snakes, also that the immigrants already encamped there found pasturage very short. Consequently, our train halted at this more advantageous point, where our cattle could be sent in charge of herders to browse along the Platte River, and where the necessary materials could be obtained to repair the great damage which had been done to our wagon-wheels by the intense heat of the preceding weeks. Meanwhile, Messrs. Russell and Bryant, with six young bachelor friends, found an opportunity to finish their journey with pack animals. They exchanged with traders from New Mexico their wagons and teams for the requisite number of saddle horses, mules, pack saddles, and other equipment which would enable them to reach California a month earlier than by wagon route. Both parties broke camp at the same hour on the last day of June, they taking the bridle trail to the right and we turning to the left across the ridge to fort laramie not an immigrant tent was to be seen as we approached the fort but the bands of horses were grazing on the plain and indians smeared with war paint and armed with hunting knives tomahawks bows and arrows were moving about excitedly They did not appear to notice us as we drove to the entrance of the strongly fortified walls surrounding the buildings of the American Fur Company, yet by the time we were ready to depart large crowds were standing close to our wagons to receive the presents which our people had to distribute among them. Many of the squaws and papooses were gorgeous in white doe-skin suits, gaudily trimmed with beads and bows of bright ribbons. They formed a striking contrast to us, travel-stained wayfarers in linsey dresses and sunbonnets. Most of the white men connected with the fort had taken Indian wives, and many little children played around their doors. Mr. Bordeaux, the general manager at the fort, explained to us that the immigrants who had remained there up to the previous Saturday were on that day advised by several other Sioux chiefs for whom he acted as spokesman to resume their journey before the coming tuesday and to unite in strong companies because their people were in large force in the hills preparing to go out on the war-path in the country through which the travellers had yet to pass that they were not pleased with the whites that many of their warriors were cross and sulky in anticipation of the work before them and that any white persons found outside the fort upon their arrival might be subject to robbery and other bad treatment. This advice of the chiefs had awakened such fear in the travelers that every campfire was deserted before sunrise the ensuing morning. We, in turn, were filled with apprehension, and immediately hurried onward in the ruts made by the fleeing wagons of the previous day. Before we got out of the country of the Sioux, we were overtaken by about three hundred mounted warriors— They came in stately procession, two abreast, rode on in advance of our train, halted, and opened ranks, and as our wagons passed between their lines, the warriors took from beneath their teeth green twigs and tossed them toward us in a pledge of friendship, then turned, and as quietly and solemnly as they had rode to us, rode toward the hills. A great sigh of relief expressed the company's satisfaction at being again alone still no one could feel sure that we should escape a night attack our trail led up into the hills and we travelled late into the night and were again on the way by morning starlight we heard wolf yelps and owl hoots in the distance but were not approached by prowlers of any kind end of chapter three